Last week, Boston College lost a commitment, but they've already added two new defensive linemen over the weekend after a busy weekend on campus. We're going to talk about why these guys are exciting, what they're going to bring to Boston College, and what they mean to the class of 2023. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is Locked on Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy football and fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. On today's show, as I said, we're going to talk about recruiting. I'm going to talk about coaching and look at the this, this the landscape of coaching around campus. I'm going to talk about what coach I think will be the next to be replaced. And finally, we're going to end our episode talking about George Takic's transfer to Boston College and what that means to the team. We'll get into all of that today. So let's kick it off, though. Mitch is going to come on later. We're going to start off by talking recruiting. As Boston College football had a very busy weekend on campus where uh, over the last month or so, you may have seen other teams starting to rev up on their recruiting trail moves with visits and all sorts of good stuff. But Boston College over the last couple of weeks has been really quiet. And the reason why is is pretty simple. The school was on break. The players were on break, so they weren't there to host. There were no practices to see, and the campus was dead. Why would you bring anyone on campus for that? Well, now the kids are back. The team is back practicing, and over the weekend, Boston College had probably over a dozen players that I know of on campus to visit Chestnut Hill. And of those 12 or so players that already came on campus, two have already committed to Boston College. So over the weekend, the first name that popped was Jordan Mayer, a 6'4 defensive end from Thomas Jefferson High School in Pennsylvania. He uh, checked out the campus earlier this spring, as uh, last year as well. He was there at last June. I had spoken to him. Uh, I've spoken to him a couple times. I'll have another uh, interview with him up on the site today uh, for premium users. You can check that out. But, you know, you look at him, you look at his size. He's 2'4", 240. He's got the perfect build to be a, a ACC defensive end. Uh, explosive. I loved his film. If you watch his film, you see exactly what Halfley has uh, went out for. Now, for some of you who are looking at it, are going, why is he not a four? Why are we already getting guys that are not four stars? His, recruit- his offer list isn't pre- impressive. I mean, he has offers from West Virginia, Duke, Rutgers, and a bunch of Mac schools. Here's the deal with Jordan Mayer. Mayer was someone Boston College got in real early with. And that's what you're you're starting to see with Halfley, right? Kids that BC put the work in early, that they got on campus, that they started to um, you know, have those conversations before like their senior and junior year, right? Now Mayer is making his commit his decision. He's gonna go a lot of kids are gonna go with the team that they have the best relationship with. Relationships are important. So BC evaluated this kid. They thought he was what they wanted, and they pulled the trigger on it. Now, yes, he doesn't have the huge offer list that like some of you fall in love with, but this goes back to do you trust Jeff Halfley's ability to evaluate and assess recruits? If your answer is yes, then you will trust that Jordan Mayer is going to be what you're looking for, that he's going to be a strong 
d- defensive end, and I think he is. He's got good length. He's explosive, as I said. Um, he's got what you want. But if you're worried about that, if if you don't trust Halfley yet, then yeah, I get it. I'm not in that camp though. I think he's. I think his he and his staff are good evaluators of talent. You get in these with these kids early and get the offers in, and you kind of help kind of guide them to your school a little bit, if you want to call it that. Then that is exactly what BC just did, and I think it was the right move, and I think it's a good get for them, especially after they had just lost um, uh, Bubakar Traor of. Um, of Catholic Memorial who decommitted last week for those of you as well, who, and this is, I'm, I'm telling you, I am not doing this just because he decommitted from BC. If you're looking at the star rankings with him, don't fall in love with what Treyor was because he is not as impressive on film as what you think he could be. Um, and so, yeah, you would want him on, on the team, but some of these other guys that they got coming in, I think are going to be just fine. Okay. So BC has a defensive end. Now, the second name that popped was within like five minutes of each other. And I have to say, Joe Sullivan doesn't um, work in that section of BC anymore. If you follow BC on Twitter, you know he's the guy with the Rick Ross GIFs. I've, I've mentioned that a bunch of times. They got a whole bunch of new guys on there, and I, I missed the GIF game. I mean, I knew about some of these commitments beforehand, and I would, I, but I just loved it. I love seeing the Rick Ross thing. It, it would bring up a level of excitement. I hope the new guys, I think it's Jason Tudrian, uh, is the new Joe Joe Sullivan figures out something? He he was just quiet. I didn't see anything. But um, it's just a way to kind of rev up the fans. So that was another one. Um, and so the second name to pop was uh, defensive lineman Eric's Dog Doggerty. And Eric's uh, spelled E R Y X. Never seen a name spelled like that before. Is from uh, he's from Michigan. He's interesting, and I'm curious to see how Halfley uses him because I have every intention looking at him that he's going to be a defensive end, a defensive tackle. Excuse me, he's going to be a defensive tackle. He's you know six four two seventy right now. I mean, most as you just saw, as I said with Jordan Mayer, most most defensive ends are like two forty. So he's got the the build of a defensive uh, end, a defensive tackle. Excuse me, keeps that defensive tackle. And his speed. I mean, his speed is not what you want in an ACC defensive end. It'll be fine for a defensive tackle. He runs a 4 8 um, But, again, another guy you're going to have to hope. These are kind of the guys that you're going to hope that are um, that they like the film, right? That, that He doesn't have a huge offer list. I don't think he has any Power 5 offers, if I remember correctly. Um, no, he has Maryland. Maryland and a bunch of MAC schools. Um, I don't know. Again... I, I want to see – we have not gotten a chance to see how a lot of Halfley's defensive recruits kind of – especially on the defensive line, uh, how they are going to pan out. I know Donovan Azaraku is going to be probably a big one to watch this year, and you're going to see some more on the defensive at, – at the defensive tackle position probably jump up. But, you know, this one is, is one you're going to have to kind of trust their evaluations. And, you know, again, his film is impressive. It's good, but – you know, he's not a big name recruit and I get that, but there, you know what though, when you look at a Jordan Mayer and you look at an Eric's Doggerty, remember that with them come a bunch of other guys that they're looking at that do have huge offer lists. There's a bunch of other recruits that they're going after, um, that have, you know, 15 big offers. They're borderline four stars. So it's not like they're just going after those guys. I think they're, they're targeting a few names that, I think they think they can land. I mean, look at they got Clive Wilson last year. That was one name. 
um, that was he was completely off the radar, and I know the staff was like raving about him. So um, there's these are just two newer names that are just kind of unknowns for a lot of different people. So you know, as I said, there were 12 names that were there. A couple of them were already committed. J- uh, Jacoby Robinson, the new um, quarterback, was on campus. You could see a picture of him on his Twitter account with uh, John McNulty, the Boston College offensive coordinator. Uh, Jaden Skeet, who is part of what used to be the Catholic Memorial Trio, now it's a duo. He's with Dontrell, uh, jo- uh, Dontrell Jones, also from CM. Uh, he was there. You know, there was a bunch of other guys as well. So check out BC uh, Bulletin. I know a bunch of you have started to add premium uh, subscriptions. We are, you know, going crazy with trying to get as much recruiting info out to you guys as often as possible. So uh, if you join, it's just a dollar for the first month. It's a real good deal. You also get access to our Discord channel, which I know a lot of uh, folks really enjoy, and our premium boards, which are blowing up on Maroon and Gold Forums. So if you do that and sign up and go to Maroon and Gold Forums, just find me on the on the site. You can find send me a direct message, and I will activate your premium service on there as well. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk coaches, and Boston College has already replaced their two main sports, men's football and men's basketball, over the last couple years. But what will be the next coaching change that Boston College could make? I'll tell you who it probably will be and why in just a moment. Now, man, do I love March Madness, but man, anyone else take Kentucky or Baylor and now your team, your back bracket's busted? Yeah, mine's not looking too good, but I still got some cash from my Stat Hero Pick'em. If you haven't checked out this new platform, you're really missing out. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pick'ems pit the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. They simply post a pickup set of players for you to take or on one side with a set you can choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to set your sports action fix. Simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Now go to stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 100% percentage match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, if you're like me, your New Year's resolution is bust. I'm sticking to mine, though, because I'm decided to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best-tasting Built Bar products. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallows. Can you believe that? A protein-infused marshmallow? But they're delicious. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. A marshmallow covered in chocolate that's filled with protein. How can you miss on this? All Built Bars are 100% covered in chocolate, just like the Puffs, with cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are so good. All you need to do is hit to be- head to Built.com and scroll down their macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. Absolutely great. And the flavors are amazing. With mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good to you. Offer, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for their 15% off offer at Built.com. 
BostonCollegeBasketball.com. Welcome back. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I am the editor of BCBulletin.com. We have some great stuff up there this week. And later on, I will talk to Mitch Wolf, who will have some even better stuff that you're going to really enjoy heading into the NFL draft season. But this isn't about the draft right now. I want to talk about the state of coaching at Boston College. Now, over the last three years, Boston College has made two major hires. They hired... Jeff Hathley out of Ohio State, the former defensive coordinator uh, as the new football head coach. And, you know, the product on the field has been exciting. Has it been better? We haven't seen the results yet. That is what it is, right? Then we saw Earl Grant replace Jim Christian last season. And while there was no expectations with Grant because no one knew really who he was and uh, there weren't really high expectations given that he didn't have a strong track record, he kind of exceeded tra- uh, his expectations his first year, uh, exclude- including a two-game run in the ACC tournament, almost a three-game, uh, where BC really started to put together so- something special. Uh, they're starting to show some culture. They're starting to show a lot of uh, grit going into next season. So they have that. Now, my question heading into this segment is, who will be the next coach to be replaced? And there is a row of, of options that could be the next coach, and it could be anybody. Um, right now, I don't think that, you know, maybe other than, um, you know, Acadia uh, Walker sign the lacrosse coach, I would think any other coach could possibly leave. So let's go through the list and I'll tell you why or why not they could leave. First up, Jeff Halfley. He could definitely be, uh, you know, if he has a strong next season, say BC goes 10-2 and, and, and becomes the darling of the ACC, the, you know, they go on a pit or Wake Forest type run. Um, we've all talked about this. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast. I get yelled at by a lot of the listeners from talking about it too much, but he could be. That could be one. Another could be Earl Grant, and that one could be even sooner than what you expect. I've heard buzz, and I've said it on the podcast, reasonable buzz from and people within with connections have told me he is a candidate for the South Carolina job. Uh, will he get it, though? Um, I'll talk about that in a second. The others, you have Jerry York. He's 75 years of age. You have decl- uh, you had a tough season for BC hockey. You have Joanna McNamee. Now, Joanna McNamee is the women's basketball coach, but I already saw uh, – I, I had this radar when I, see, when I hear something, and I'm like, hmm, that makes sense. Uh, West Virginia's head coach for women's basketball just retired, and Joanna McNamee is from West Virginia. She coached at West Virginia on two separate occasions. She went to college in West Virginia, not at WVU, but she's from that area. Makes sense, too. Then there is Mike Gambino. Mike Gambino is the baseball head coach, and the baseball team is – Again, struggling like last year. So, who was my thoughts? I'll, I will eliminate each one one at a time, and I'll give you why each one. I'll get. I'll leave with my 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 pick. Okay, Jeff Halfley. I don't think BC's going to go ten and two next year. I think they'll probably, you know, for me, their top will be nine and three. And even if they do, I don't think he's going to leave for at least another two to three years. So that kind of eliminates him. I don't think he's a hot enough name uh, to get pulled from BC yet. Um, he will, I think, if he can can it can improve some of the play on the field. I just don't see that happening with him. Earl Grant with South Carolina. Now, his name has been linked to South Carolina, but so have been a lot of other names. And the more and more I hear these other names, I don't think it's going to be him. Um, the, the most recent name is Lamont Paris. I've heard B.J. Mackey uh, from Wake Forest. I, I just I, I have a hard time believing a second uh, power five team, especially one in the SEC, 
is going to take a chance on a guy that just went 13 and 20. Now, Boston College fans are ecstatic with the 13 and 20 because there was no expectations heading into that year. But can you imagine another program like saying that? Eh, that sounds okay. I just don't see it. I don't think I don't think Grant will be that. Let's also eliminate Jerry York. I get the sense with York that he's not going anywhere. Just listening to him talk, um, you know, he's coached for such a long time. I imagine that he, when he is going to retire, he's going to have one of, like, not like a Coach K kind of farewell tours, but one where he kind of announces at the beginning of the year and just says it's coming. And then that way he can groom his his, uh, replacements, you know, hire his replacement, uh, do it, you know, work that on the recruiting trails. I even though he's 75 and and the the results weren't there this year, I don't think it's going to be him. I think that you know that that'll be it. Um Joanna McNamee has been coaching on a team that has been a borderline NCAA tournament team for two out of the last 3 years. WVU was 15 and 15 last year in a not very good Big 12 conference. Um I don't I don't see her leaving at the ACC, right? I mean yeah, she gets to get go back closer to home, but it seems like a lateral move to me. So, unless she's gonna, unless WVU is like serious about really increasing her pay, I don't, I don't see her doing it. I just, it doesn't. The the numbers don't line up for me. And then, so that leaves my choice of who the next coach to be replaced is, and that is Mike Gambino. Um, you know, a nice guy. Like I hate, talk, you know, getting to know some of these coaches and, and sitting in practice conferences and hearing them talk. It, it's you hate hearing this, but it's just the nature of the beast. You know what I mean? Um, so last year, the BC was terrible. You know, they were near the bottom of the ACC. They didn't even make the ter- the ACC tournament. They were that bad. They're they're bad this year. I mean, their pitching staff is really bad. They have a team ERA right now of eight point one eight. That is. I mean, I, they just got swept by UVA in a, in a series where they weren't really all that close, and it was because of the pitching staff. I mean, they lost by you know multiple scores. Every, I mean, I think they let up they let up double digit scores in three all uh, two of the three games. They let up sixteen on Sunday, eighteen on Saturday, and seven on um, on Friday, where they were actually in that game. But then walked off another walk in over and not overtime in extra innings. They have a whip of one point eight eight. That means they're letting up almost two batters on base every single inning. I know that they played Miami, who's good, and I know they just played UVA, who's really good. But that's only six games out of what uh, eighteen at this point. B- BC has just. They just replaced their pitching coach after last season. They also replaced another coach on Gambino's staff. Now, if you follow coaching staffs in any sport, what is usually the predecessor of the, the the head coach being removed? It's when they replace his underlings and they still continue to fail. That usually means that there's something not working at the top, and that means a change needs to be happening. When BC baseball, I mean, they are now seven and eleven. One and five in conference, and they don't look. I mean, in the games that they've played in conference, they don't look resembling competitive in most of the games that they've played. It, it, at what point is Pat Kraft going to have to pull the trigger here? And I think it's going to be this year. I think it's got to be. I mean, if they're going to play like this, they're going to have a pitching staff that has an ERA that's, you know, eight plus. I mean, anything above five is really bad. They're at eight. 
I mean, that that just shows you how poorly the, the pitching staff is going. But this is something that happens every single – it seems like it's happened every year since they had that Sweet 16 run. So it seems to me if you're talking about which coach is going to go, it's none of the guys that we talked about before. It's going to be Mike Gambino. I got I to gotta imagine they're going to move on him at some point unless something drastically changed. Now, to his credit, his pit, his hitting, hitters are insane. He's got a great hitting hitting. Um, he's got some real live bats in that lineup. But man, that pitching staff is tough to watch. So in a moment, we're gonna have Mitch Wolf on, and we'll talk about actually how to pronounce the new tight end's name. And it's our favorite conversation talking about tight ends here on Locked On Boston College. We'll be back in just a moment. Now it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Uh, before I started recording the segment, just a quick little news note. Uh, Chris Markwood, Boston College assistant coach uh, for the men's basketball team, was just hired, or reportedly hired. John Rossi is reporting it, and he's usually gold. Uh, that the main Black Bears hired him. Now he's a uh, former main basketball player. Uh, is from the area. Good hire for him. And we'll we'll talk more about this in a future episode, but I wanted to make sure that I addressed it because it was news. Now with me, I have Mitch Wolf. And Mitch is here to talk about uh, the biggest joke on this podcast is that I talk about BC football tight ends way too much. Um, but it's a fascinating position. And uh, BC has a new tight end that looks to be a, um, a big time player, hopefully heading into the season. So Mitch, Let's let's talk a little bit. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, this was a fun player to break down. It was a little difficult. He's uh, it was a little difficult to break him down just because it's it's a little harder to find a lot of film on him. But once I got into it, he's a very interesting player to break down. I'm excited to talk about how he can uh, fit into the offense this year. Now, did you find when you were looking at the film for Notre Dame that you just started watching Michael Meyer film more often than anything? Or it is hard to take your eyes off him. He is certainly a. Uh, uh, sight to behold and luck- luckily when I just if he if uh, Takis wasn't on the field and Mayer was I would just skip past those plays so I didn't get bogged down too much but yeah he's quite the talent and you can see why you know Mayer a younger player an underclassman was getting the majority of the snaps over an upperclassman like Takis. Now I've I've read a bunch of Notre Dame sites I talked to Brian Driscoll of uh, Irish Breakdown part of the same network that BC Bolton is part of and the overall overwhelming theme I hear is, you know, class player, good character guy with high potential. What did you see in some of the film that you might agree with that or where, where you're kind of thinking where this guy might fit well in VC system? So I'll address that by saying that if you look at his stats, you're going to be disappointed because there really aren't any. And that's just a matter of he was stuck behind several tight ends that went to the NFL in Elise Jones or Mac, depending on which year he was uh, Cole Komet, Brock, Wright. He was in the same recruiting class as Tommy Tremble. And then Michael Mayer, as you mentioned, came in. So that's a bunch of NFL talent that, you know, it's just hard to get on the field with all those guys. And he looks very much like the 
for lack of a better word, the average Notre Dame tight ends of the last 15 years or so, the Brock Wrights, Ben Koyaks, Durham Smythes, and Troy Nicholas's, you know, not the dynamic athletes of like a Tyler Eifert, even a Kyle Rudolph. So, but Takis is a solid player. Um, you know, he, this was his first season where he really got significant playing time in the, he more than doubled his snap count this past year uh, relative to the previous two seasons combined, but he still only earned uh, four targets on about 407 snaps, which was the same number he got the year before. So they primarily used him as a blocker and Notre Dame's offense, you like BC's uh, last year ended definitely in years prior uses a lot of multi-tight end sets, a lot of 12 and even 13 personnel, uh, mostly to keep mayor on the field. And then, you know, you want to, if you want to run the ball, you bring in a guy like Takis and, uh, I, the thing that I liked the best about him was his ability to get outside and block in space. So if they ran the ball outside or uh, were running a kind of a read option with a tight end pulling, or they had to get him blocking in space for a screen, I really liked his ability to do that, you know, to take out uh, linebackers and defensive backs in the second and third levels. So that's something that I'd like to see BC do a little more of this upcoming season. He's a solid inline blocker. I would I was actually watching some BC film from last year, and I think he's actually a better inline blocker than Joey Lucchetti is, which that'll be interesting to see. It's hard to really grade him as a receiver just because he gets so few opportunities. Um, and his route tree is pretty limited. It's all pretty much uh, snag routes or stop routes or stick routes over the middle of the field. His route tree is very Jason Witten-esque in terms of it's just run to a spot and turn around and wait. And he just wasn't a priority in the Notre Dame's offense. He was like the fifth or sixth option just based on like who they were trying to get the ball to on any given down. So, you know, you can say that's not really his fault. You can say, oh, it's because he wasn't good enough. And, you know, that's both are too true to an extent. But I think he fits in well to what BC is going to be trying to do in the next few seasons. Yeah. And it sounds like, um, you know, the potential is there for him to be a pass catcher. Right? From what I've heard is it's, it's a skill he has. He's not like a guy that's just going to be, you know, like a Louis Adazio, or, you know, guy. That's just <laughs> no, like, yeah. He's not a Louis Adazio or Mike Giacone. He's not that limited. Like he's still a, he's, he's, he's pretty close to Tommy Sweeney. I would say a little less athletic than maybe than Tommy Sweeney was. Um, but it seems like his hands are good. He runs decent routes. Um, he's not going to be like a Trey Barry or Hunter Long. That's a, a super great receiving tight end that you can line up anywhere, but he can play in the slot. He can play online scrimmage. He can play off the line of scrimmage. Uh, you can do a lot with him, um, but he's not going to be this, you know, dynamic game changing player, but I like that him and Lucetti are pretty similar players. So they can be kind of interchangeable in the two kind of tight end roles that BC would like to use. Yeah. And it sounds like I've heard some of what McNulty is saying, and it's, he's going to continue a lot of that, as you said, one, two, maybe some one, three def- uh, uh sorry, offensive, game um, offensive plays. So, you know, having a Lucetti or a Spencer Witter with um, Tekas will probably be a great fit for BC. And, you know, you, I, I don't think you want to go into a season with, you know, if you're going to do a lot of one, two with Lucetti and, and Witter as your two guys, because that, I don't know, it doesn't seem like you're playing to your strengths there. I mean, they're both the kind of, inter- I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just speaking off the cuff here, but like, I don't see either of them as strong pass catchers. Lucetti was fine. Spencer Witters had some moments, but like it would be quite the precipitous drop off compared to what they've had in previous seasons. Yeah. And I was excited to get a look at what Charlie Gordinier was going to do before Takis came in. Uh, but I, I still think that they'll get him uh, some snaps this year, but I think it'll be interesting in that if they do roll out with 12 or 13 personnel, uh, it's, 
it's not a given, you know, if it is pass play that which tight end it's going to go to, like it could realistically be to either one. And then obviously you have receivers like Zay Flowers and Jalen Gill that are going to draw a lot of attention. So with those other guys, the tight ends and Takis to that extent, you know, there should be a lot of open space for him to run in the middle. And like I said, I, I'd be really interested to see how they use him and Lucetti as blockers in space, trying to get the ball to the receivers on screens and RPOs and stuff like that. All right, Mitch. So this was a quick one today. This is our Monday with Mitch segment. We uh, moved to the end of the segment, uh, end of the show today. But Mitch, is there any other things you wanted to bring up today? Uh, no, nothing really for me. Uh, you can follow me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Um, I'm kind of going through my uh, the BC guys this week. Uh, they're the pro days on Friday. So we'll recap that on next Monday's show. But, uh, you know, I'm just, so I'll be posting some clips of the plays that make that the guys, the BC guys make. Uh, so, yeah, just make sure you follow me there. All right. Thank you, Mitch. And you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC or the podcast at Locked on BC. Make sure to follow us on YouTube as well. If you've listened to us on our podcast and you like it, just, just throw a subscription our way on YouTube. It's totally free. You probably all have a uh, subscription uh, already signed up. If you use YouTube for anything, you have it. So just hit find Locked on Boston College. Hit subscribe. It helps us a ton. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more. Well, I said we'll talk about that Chris Markwood news. Uh, look at more news that's going on around the world of BC football and everything in between. Thank you all and see you again soon. Take care.